Welcome to Last Night Recap, the show that takes the Americas and EMEA Apple EDU chat and recaps them in a serious but not way. I'm your host, Martin Coots, and I'm joined as ever by my friends and colleagues. Let's start this evening with Mr. Matthew Pullen. Hey, Matt. Good evening, Martin. Good evening, everyone. How are we? Good. good. Yeah. How's, uh, how's things with you? Uh, yeah, very good. Um, I've had a quietish week this week. It was quite nice to just take a day off and spend a, spend a day with my wife looking around the shops and, um, you know, getting into the Christmas spirit. So it's been well, lovely. I was going to say that, that uh, you know, that that holiday time that is coming up, well, obviously not for our American brethren, which is going to be tomorrow uh, for their first holiday, but the next holiday for the important one for us all is uh, Christmas, which is four weeks today. Not long to go. Not long to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're not here to talk about Christmas. We are non-denominational on this show, but yeah, you've had a nice, you've had a nice wee time then, yeah? Yeah, just a bit, you know, a bit of downtime, just kind of recharge batteries. Got a few busy weeks coming up now, a bit of travelling. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's all good. All good. good. And stuff good with your students? Yeah, they're doing some really good stuff, yeah. Uh, year twos at the moment are doing some nice um, creating learning through video. So that's been fun, just doing some creation lessons and seeing what they come up with. And, you know, as ever, they surprise me no end with some of their ideas. They just didn't necessarily know how to do it. So thankfully, I can show them that bit. And they come up with fantastic ideas, which I will rip off and say on my own. Share on Twitter <laughs> and take the credit for it. Absolutely. <laughs> we know works. how it works. Brilliant. Yeah. And we can hear him there. I don't know if he's got ice cream or an American football in his hand. Either that or he's just pleased to see us. Mr. Johan Anderson, how are you, Johan? I'm good. And of course, we're not going to talk about Christmas because we're going to talk about the weather. Well, I was going to, that was going to be, you know, the show's kind of off on the wrong foot because we never started with hashtag weather talk, but exactly. how is the weather with you? It's not very good. It's warm and damp here in Sweden. So it's, um, yeah, we want uh, snow and cold so we can eat a lot of ice cream. That's the most important thing. That's so, exactly, yeah. I mean, we've had um, we've had quite a lot of uh, sort of wet weather. Um, just that's been really kind of, really kind of just sort of miserable. But I think we're hopefully coming to the end of that. So we'll see how that all goes. Yeah. So what's happening today? Well, Where I think. Well, I think uh, we are just going to be going into everyone's favourite section in a little second. He's actually the quietest one on the show just now. I think he's having a wee bit of connection issues. So when he comes back in, we'll be doing the bit that everybody is going to be excited for. And I think I can hear him. And Here that's we are. hashtag where's Kurt. <laughs> hey Kurt, how are you? Just made it. That's it was okay. quite literally <laughs> where for a second. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you were actually embodying what uh, hashtag Where's Kurt is all about because you did disappear for a bit there. So I know, um, I know, I had my invisibility cloak on, and um, you did indeed. I lost connection with you guys, Harry Potter. <laughs> so before before we get um, into the the question on everyone's lips, how are things with you? I noticed um, you've been doing some of the the new today at Apple sessions, the photography oh, one. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, those are great. Um, if you want to expand your creativity and your or view on photography, um, I would highly, highly recommend the Christopher and, um, Anderson one. Um, that was, yeah, just amazing. Just we used gel uh, filters and bending them and and trying to mix filters okay. and um, 
like little objects that will block uh, what you would normally not do with portrait photography. Um, uh, as you see, sometimes that little thing can become your niche and, and yeah. highlight it. Um, so it, it was looking at different ways of using shadows and all that. So, yeah, we've been trying out some of the new today at Apple um, workshops um, that they partner up with uh, with some of the um, artists. Yeah, I, uh, I've i got that one in my, uh, I'm going to that one in a couple of weeks. Uh, the first date that I could really get where I wasn't traveling or going to different places um, is the 7th of December. So uh, two weeks on Saturday, I'll get a chance to go and do it. Uh, the the sort of the images that you shared and the images that mm-hmm. um, Miriam Walsh, a uh, friend of the show, has uh, shared. Uh, yeah, she went too. Yeah. She's been. Yeah, she went to the one. I think she went in London. I think she went. Um, and yeah, it's it looks amazing. It was just kind of one of these ones that that I was interested to see how they did it. I was wondering, you know, because I saw these these sort of color filters and things that were mm-hmm. moving over it, and you know, if it's the gel side of things. Yeah. Um, the, the the today Apple stuff is looking really good just now. There's there's one that they're doing for uh, Code Week. Yeah. Um, where they're going to be taking on the helpsters, which are the um, the mm-hmm. children's the children's television workshop, the Sesame Street characters that they have on um, Apple TV Plus, um, and they're going to be doing coding sessions with them. Um, th- those sessions are going to be going live, so they they look they look a lot of fun. There's a bunch of specialty ones um, for that hour of code. Um, I think from December first till, till 15th. So um, if they if you happen to have a, uh, a shop. Um, close by that does some of those specialty ones. I know um, an ADE, Larry Reef in New York is doing one where he's um, combining coding with um, he's an English teacher, uh, high school. Okay. So, um, yeah, he's, he's using that. Um, yeah, so and today Michael Cohen is doing one as well, the tech rabbi. Yeah. Is, he's doing one as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite to. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the question on everyone's lips, other than how did you make those filters, Kurt, is, of course, <laughs> uh-huh. where are you just now? So I, I think what I'm going to do this time, because the guys are, are always kind of flying blind and we get the, are you in America? I'm going to give you a chance to give them some hints. I will. You know, will because they need, we, we know what they're like. They need a bit of help. They need, you know, they're they're, they're part of that grouping in school that, that just needs that little bit of help. We're just <laughs> differentiating for them just now. I so. need the zip code. That'll be a good tip. Yeah, if you could give Matt the if you could give Matt the address, that'll be, uh, I'll, I'll give you some obvious clues. I'll give you yeah. some obvious clues. Um, okay, one is I'm going to give you three. Oh, okay, okay. I'm me three clues. Um, I am the furthest away from you guys um, in the U.S. that I've ever been. I'm so far away that I could actually see our Asia Pacific friends closer than I would be able to see you. Huh? Right. That's Ooh. one. Okay. Um, Looking out the window, I see f- at least 50 shades of gray um, in the oh, location that I am. Got it. <laughs> oh. And I think that's that's already said enough. I think that's um, all you need. Okay. Yeah. Um, if we need one more, we've got one, one exactly. in our pocket. Right, Matt, do you want to take your first guess? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Johan. Uh, Seattle. Exactly. That's where I am. Right. Nice. Came from Portland and then um, into Seattle, um, visiting yeah. family for Thanksgiving. Awesome. I was Portland, so it's been a wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. I want to go. It's I've a, never yeah, been it's, a, it's definitely a recommendation. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's it's. I feel like it's a little bit more European even than uh, than Seattle yeah? in that way. Okay. Um, small, uh, lots of good coffee. 
Um, thanks. Good food, Ooh, really good nice, food. Nice. Um, and they have a, uh, if you're interested in the Today at Apple uh, sessions, they have a really beautiful store um, at Pioneer um, where I sign up for it. Mm, nice. Cool. Excellent. So you all set for Turkey Day? Um, is it, is it <laughs> yeah. with, well, yeah. That's, um, we, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, we stopped doing um, the big turkey. Okay. Because um, uh, we, we were celebrating with family and um, we didn't want to be in the kitchen all day long. Um, so... We're going to a smaller version of that, um, but it probably will be eat, um, eating Thanksgiving tomorrow and then leftovers on Friday, as uh, as the tradition has. But you're watching Thanks. Lions football, aren't you? Am I watching football? Lions I, I don't football know. because no, these Seahawks. Lions football. No, no, no. It's in oh. Seattle. Yeah, no, but uh, on the Detroit Lions always plays on uh, Thanksgiving on that yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's one like big, a uh, one big game coming up. Kurt strikes mm-hmm. me as someone who would be more interested in the Macy's Day Parade, though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How do you know that? Yeah. You just you just <laughs> give off explain that, yourself, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What are you getting? I, I will send you a. I will send you a picture after yeah. after the recording. It's just the Macy's uh, Day Parade that. is where you get all of those bright, colourful, amazing exactly. ideas. And just knowing the type of person that Kurt is, I know that <laughs> that's where he'll just get the next thing. You know, he'll be doing a he'll be doing a giant, um, you know, Thanksgiving Day Parade style challenge where we have to design our own balloon. <laughs> Or our own float. <laughs> Good save. Good save. Thank you. So, Kurt, with that in mind, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up on this week's show? I think we've lost him again. Well, I will tell He's gone. everybody. He's gone yeah. to the, to the I know. Yeah, upset. Exactly. I know. <laughs> He's, got... He's got totally upset. Okay. With that in mind, uh, <laughs> it's the back. No, it's not. Yeah, he's coming. Well, he's yeah. He, apparently, he keeps losing me, which I don't know why. I don't uh, know the what's thought of that parade was so interesting that I. That's exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I'd really insulted you. So what? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. We're all friends here, yeah. I know. So what I was actually saying there, Kurt, is yeah. uh, why don't you tell everybody what's coming up on this week's show? Okay, great. Uh, and now that I got my connection again, um, talking about this week, we're recapping a few things because um, with our travel schedules, we, we skipped a few recordings. Um, so thank you for everyone for sticking with us and listening. Um, the hashtags that I wanted to uh, highlight um, that will relate to the topics are the obvious ones this time. It's hashtag everyone can code and hashtag everyone can create. Um, everyone can code because... We've been talking about it at the Americas a few weeks ago with Brendan Kelly, but I think Martin, you and Miriam did one um, yesterday on Everyone Can Code specifically. I'd love to hear all about that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we did one to, to tie in with the. Uh, we did one to tie in with the new. Um, the new resources that were released for Everyone Can Code. We were we were asked just sort of last minute from Apple Marketing if we could do. A, and I like how I've got a little background noise for this one. That's quite good. Um, it's someone's uh, dryer. Is, uh, someone's, it's either someone's dryer or someone's alarm. This is what happens when we record live. Um, yeah, it's so we had to do an, an Everyone Can Code one. It was to hopefully try and tie in with uh, Computer Science Week. Yeah, but we yeah, don't yeah. know when uh, the, the Americans have, have taken a, a week off this week to do theirs. So we due to Thanksgiving. Can code. Yeah, due to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But we are doing two now and um one of them will be show and tell showcasing student creation 
hence the hashtag everyone can create that was hosted by Kristen Brooks and Ian McKenzie. Um, and then um, to be very, very kind and going into the Thanksgiving feeling, um, we are going to do a celebrate kindness. And that was Andy, Andy uh, Lizer and Autumn Zeminski. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, I think what we'll do at this stage is we'll give everyone a chance to take a little break. So if you're listening and you want to go and pause and, you know, this is a good place to do it so that you can go and get a refreshment and then come back and you'll hear a little tune and then we'll be back here in... So it's time to recap the EMEA side of things. As Kurt has said, um, thanks very much for sticking with us with our erratic publishing schedule. We're all kind of spending a bit of time doing some traveling and, you know, going from different places to different places. So it's been difficult to find a time where we're all together. So it means we've missed a couple of chats, but we'll be putting the recaps for all of the chats that we've missed into the show notes. So we are not going to be recapping the November 12th uh, EMEA chat, which was hosted by uh, Jakob, uh, Jakob Espen Hansen, um, but the, his Future of Education recap will be there. And we're also on this episode not going to... Um, recap the community engagement chat hosted by Martin Willis and Paul Tillock, both of whom are uh, ADE's uh, class of 17. But the recaps for those will be in the show as always. As Kurt said, we are going to be recapping the Everyone Can Code chat that Miriam and I did yesterday as a result of uh, CS uh, Computer Science Week uh, happening uh, worldwide, but mostly in America, uh, out of code being a main focus, um, and also the release of the new Everyone Can Create, uh, or sorry, Everyone Can Code puzzle guides that were uh, released just about a week ago. So it was to coincide with the update to the coding curriculum that's now kind of focused around um, the creativity side of things. So as we always do with the, uh, the chats and with the recaps, I'm going to start with the tweet of the week. Now, this week I've actually got two Two, um, and one comes from uh, Jakob's um, uh, chat, and it's by um, a friend of all of ours, uh, Suzanne Lustenhauer. And it was, uh, she was talking about uh, people who are reluctant to adopting technology. And I really loved the fact that she shared something called the pencil metaphor. I had never heard of this one. What about you guys? Had any of you heard of this? No, but sorry. I've seen the pencil before. Okay. It does look awesome. I mean, I, I'm familiar with the shark spotter one and the, uh, you know, the, the, the people to jump in first and then the flagpole huggers and the shark spotters. But this mm -hmm. pencil one is excellent. So I'll start at the tip where she talks about the leaders, which are the, the tip of the pencil. The sharp ones are the ones who want to watch the leaders. The wood, um, which is the ones who would use tech if someone else showed them how. The yes men, which is essentially the pencil clip that would uh, put it onto your um, your lapel. The ferules, um, they yeah. hold tightly onto what they know, so they're also part of that uh, part of that clip that holds it on. And then there's the erasers. Uh, anyone who wants to undo uh, much or all of the work of the sharp leaders. And I just thought that was an excellent metaphor to kind of describe. I mean, we I, I know for a fact we could look at that and identify people that we've met or worked with or trained uh, previously uh, who would fit each of those six kind I of might, categories. I might add another bit in there, controversially. Okay. But I might sort of add in the shavings, like the dead wood that you just left behind. 
Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Might be controversial, I think, but again, yeah, but... It, absolutely. I thought you were just gonna. I thought you were just gonna call them uh, sharpness because no. they're a bunch of holes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Insert expletive. Are those here. the people criticizing the jingles? The, uh, it, I it's think so. Probably. I'm, not, I'm not venting. Yeah. I'm not venting. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The ones criticizing the jingles are the sharp ones because they can they can identify where he has to go next. It's no, they're the they're the they're the silly ones that don't get talent when it's right in front of them. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. And also, you. There's a bit of you. silence there for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So. It's it's the uh, n- n- audio problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Matt's having an issue with his microphone, as always. Uh, but yeah, I'll put, <laughs> I'll put a link to that tweet in the show notes just so you can have a look at that yourself. Um, as for last night's chat, the Everyone Can Code, I'm sharing an absolutely excellent example from Michael O'Kane at Michael O'Kane EDU um, where we were talking about a light bulb moment when teaching code and he said he had a few, a couple of years ago, people were using the old Learn to Code 3 playground which is now called Blue's Universe and he was looking at touch events which are various things that you do onto your, your code in your window when you touch it, it can do different parts and they managed to create a Viking project for their Irish history class. Um, and he shared a video of that in action. So if you're wanting to see how Swift Playgrounds can tie into different curricular areas, have a look at uh, Michael's tweet, but also have a look at Michael's um, Michael's book, um, Coding Across the Curriculum Using Swift Playgrounds. He's got a really good book on the Apple Bookstore that actually inspired a lot of the, the coding with spirals and the coding challenges, uh, ones that came out. Michael was um, Michael was sort of directly involved with Apple leading to releasing those. Um, it's always interesting to see uh, a teacher who didn't start out, Michael um, has a qualification in history um, and didn't start out coding, but he he's quickly positioned himself as someone who really leads the pack when it comes to adopting technology and coding ideas within education. Um, and it's it's always interesting to see what he shares. Um, anything to share on that, guys? No, I think I'd, I'd agree massively. I think um, I you know I'm, I would sort of put myself in that similar bracket where where I well actually no because that would make me sound like I know how to do coding. Um, <laughs> I, I I came from glad position, you said it. I came from a position where I don't know how to do coding at all, but yeah. I, you know I'm gradually learning things, and I think it's it's one of those things where when I'm working with my students, that's the example that I show them that we're learning together because mm-hmm. I don't know how to do these things, and you know I I say to them look I'm learning as much from you as as hopefully you're learning from me. Um, but I just think the resources just do really do make it that simple. And the yeah. more we do things, the more the students are starting to pick up, you know, this isn't actually just about coding. There's so many other avenues that you can explore um, and, and so many different ways to work when you're looking at things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think the resources are fantastic and seeing some of the stuff that Michael does just really kind of proves that sometimes you just commit a little bit of time to it and you don't have to be an expert. And I think because he's probably come at it from a different angle of not being a, a coder his whole life, I think that's where his creativity comes into it quite a lot because he lo- yeah. he's looking at coding in a very different sort of way, which is, which is fab. 
So with that in mind, Matt, you uh, you were spent some time with Max last night, so you never get a chance to take part in the yeah. chat. So one of the questions was actually, have you ever had a light bulb moment when you're teaching code to your students? So I'm quite interested to hear you've you've kind of started to to tell us a bit of a story that you're working with your students, you know, your your uh, teacher trainees as they were. Yeah. You're looking at how coding can be done across the curriculum. What's been a light bulb moment for you when it came to teaching code? Um, again, I think it's you know I. I will always position myself and I will say to my students this, I'm, I'm by no means an expert. I'm just in a position where, you know, I, I potentially have time more than they do to, to play around with things. So I like to kind of just ignite a passion or ignite something in them and know that they are, you know, really, really keen. And obviously they're looking at things from a different angle because they're, they're training to teach. I introduced, um, makey makey to students, um, in, in my sessions, um, and that that's a fun activity if, if people haven't seen makey makey look it up on the internet it's a great little you know interactive we use it for science to look at um whether materials conduct electricity or not that that's our focus for it but obviously yeah. if you if you link that to then things like scratch then you can do some coding within that and one of the students actually borrowed the stuff off me a few weeks ago mm -hmm. i was working with some sen students in her school and uh, she had gone away and learned how to do some coding in Scratch because she wanted to make a specific activity for them where they, they hit some Play-Doh and it reacted in a certain way. And um, it was fantastic just to see it because the, it's not an idea that I gave her in any way, um, mm -hmm. but she's gone away and seen the impact it could have and taught herself how to do some you know, like simple coding. But, you know, she's using it in a really, really engaging and enhancing way for her students in the class who struggle to engage with with traditional methods so i thought that was fantastic nice i like that and yeah i mean i i, I think makey makey is a great way to actually show how you can actually code with anything you can actually yeah. combine you know it's it's you know like banana piano is, yeah. a, is a great example of that the fact that you can you can actually see with objects that you have in front of you what happens when you have yeah. from the very basic an input and an output what it looks like and how it comes across yeah Kurt, i'm going to uh, come to you last with this because I, 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 i'm curious to hear some of the light bulb moments that that you maybe had when it came to your your app and how you were going to start sharing that but johan uh, a couple of weeks ago in one of these chats you were talking about how you were messing about with javascript and you were messing about with some html and you were actually building an app yeah from working with students and maybe getting that light bulb moment where did that light bulb moment suddenly hit for you that you went you know what i don't actually have the skill set that i need here what can i do to to get myself up upskilled oh <clears throat> i i mean uh, there wasn't really uh, i'm quite bold like that so no <laughs> I, I, I think I just wanted to, to take the challenge on. And, and um, it maybe it sounds stupid, but what really ha helped me is uh, the biggest search engine we have right now, which is uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. And um, that really helped me to solve all my problems. And what it was really is taking different kind of uh, information that I got from different videos and different people and also usually young people uh, and putting the pieces together to build this app. So uh, I don't know what you, uh, what you were looking for in my, um... no, 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 that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. So it was really cool that uh, you can really learn just from 
piecing uh, things together from a lot of people. And I think we were talking a couple of episodes ago about the greatness of man <laughs> is really sharing information. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because I could learn how to code. So literally, I, I built the back end in, in HTML5 and, and uh, you know, uh, CSS and yeah. PHP. And then I, I used the Swift, of course, for the Apple app or iOS yeah, app. Say, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I did in Java for, for the Android. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of information that I just got from everywhere in the world, which was really cool. So it could be like a Japanese that showed me one part, and then I was uh, in South America for the next part. And yeah. that was really cool. And that was like, aha, uh-huh, this is really cool. You can actually do whatever you put your mind to and get help from all over the world. And that's what I thought was cool. And that's exactly what I was I was hoping you would say. It kind of goes back to that thing that, that Matt and I were just saying at the start there. People like Michael O'Kane and Matt, people who have come to coding a little bit later, um, maybe didn't start with coding. But what, what they've seen is that there's resources and help and yeah. places out there that people can go to that if they're unsure, if they're not, you know, if they're if they're wanting to learn. And it's also, I think it's, it's when it comes to coding, um, it's certainly... Um, useful to make students aware that sometimes a light bulb moment is I don't have the right skill set at this point. I I have reached as far as I can go without looking at some of the other resources and some of the other work that people have done as inspiration, not for the answer, not to show me how to do it, but to give me inspiration as to how I can take my skills further. I agree. Um, And I think what you've, you've, how you've said that there and the fact that you you know, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you had to go back and build things up and actually, you know, teach yourself the skills that you needed in order to move forward. You've just kind of summed that up perfectly. I think um, as well, Martin, sorry, sorry yeah, to Matt, in. I think it. yeah, as no, well no, no. that purpose is really, really useful. I did did, oh, yeah, yeah. did one of the prototyping sessions, you know, when we use Keynote to kind of map out what an app could look like. I did it with Max's class, actually, a couple of weeks ago, went in to teach him um, and, his, and his classmates. Um and, and obviously we weren't doing coding as such, but we, we introduced it in that way that, you know, if you wanted to make an app and you wanted to solve a problem, what's the problem you have? And this is the approach. And I think in, in just putting it in that sense, that's when they realize that coding is a skill that is going to be really, really valuable to them because it's about problem solving. It's about, you know, I want to do something, but I don't know how to do it. When they saw their prototypes, they suddenly would would having that discussion around. Oh, I, I'd like to know how to actually make this now because I think it would serve a real purpose for me. So, yeah. No, I think that's a I think that's a, a great point. I mean, if we talk about design briefs, and as someone who does a lot with design, Kurt, it's it's mm-hmm. always good to know where you're starting from, isn't it? And it's it's always good to know that need that you're fulfilling. I, I think the the question that I'm, I'm wanting to ask you, because we've spoken a, a lot about your creative eye and your side of things, but mm-hmm. how do you teach that to people who maybe don't always approach something from the design point of view? How do you especially give that to some educators as part of their professional learning where they, they've maybe never taken a look at something from the design point of view before they start? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky yeah. one. Because um, when, when I look at... Um like a simple thing that we do daily almost is still worksheets. Mm -hmm. Um, You know me from a very minimalistic 
um, kind of design. And because I design minimalistic, it makes it easier to transform that into an app using code because you for coding, you like to use as few lines of code as possible because yeah. if you have to go and find an error, it's easier. It um, indeed, so yeah. just copying and pasting things around um, makes it very hard. Um, so from a design point of view, it's always a question that needs to keep coming is the why, why, why? And we've repeated this millions of times, um, but it's after the fifth why that you can get all the way down deep to what is it exactly that you want? And, and I like that you guys talk about human needs. And um, a friend and colleague of ours, um, Joyce Pereira, who is a uh, computer science teacher at the uh, Atlanta International School at the moment, um, she says the number one rule for computer science is that human needs are the heart of computer science. Um, she has four through lines that she throws into each and one of their units. And she's really known for this now and, and redesigning that computer science curriculum. And she says, we look to meet human needs efficiently, efficiently. Yeah. And then we trace stories of data uh, and I participate in developing their next chapters. Mm -hmm. The third one is we uncover patterns and trends to make informed decisions. And then the fourth one is we, uh, we are empowered to take action um, for impact within um, our circles of influence. Okay. And, and those four together, um, she approaches computer science from like, what is there, what's the need? And looking at the different languages, Swift and Swift Playgrounds make it easy for us to focus on that visual part um, because the writing and the keyboard being adjusted to it. And if you put your variables and all of that in, um, then the, the design will be, easier too yeah. so making it less complicated will help you get over that fear of not being able to um get an app out and design um you might think that that you're not good at design and at coding and then leave it behind um, one of the light bulb moments that i've seen happening is where the children ask the teacher that that i was with um so where can i find an app that you created and and um, she said, well, I, I don't. And they were like, well, then how can you teach us computer science? Yeah. Um, and that's um, preoccupied thinking by the, by the students because um, I, can, I, can, I can get it from one point yeah. of view. But I love Matt's answer in that of we're on this journey together. So if I'm a good guide and I can ask you the questions of why and how is this going to change, and are you doing something for your local community? Um, some of the most beautiful apps come from people who are trying to help out a brother or a sister or another family member yeah. who might have um, an, an ability that's not as uh, trained. Um, and, and I've seen beautiful work like that. So from, again, from a design point of view, if you, you keep it simple, and these are the obvious ones that everyone will say, um, but that keep it simple works in so many circumstances. I think, yeah, I think, I think um, looking at some of the, the, the best apps out there or, or the apps that, that everybody wants to use, it's apps that f fit a need. And I can see exactly where you're, you're kind of coming from with those students saying, well, can you, can you, have you coded an app? Is there an app that you've got out there? Because that's all they think that coding leads to. And I yeah. suppose that we're we're kind of guilty of that ourselves um, in terms of 
certainly if we're using the, the everyone can code side of things, because the eventual progression of that curriculum is to go into app development. So a lot of people mm -hmm. see the natural progression of being able to code as being able to produce an app when really what we are trying to teach them is is that computational thinking, is that problem-solving thinking. Can you identify the problem? Can you use code to solve that problem? And can you do it in a in a rather creative way, working with others? That's you know, if we if we we call it coding, but to me, it's computational thinking. It's it's how we can yeah. actually solve a problem and think. And you have to look at those languages too. Yeah. yeah. If you look at those languages, Swift is designed for app developers. Yes. Um, so you're going to you're going to go and code an app. If you're looking at Python or Java or any of C++, um, they have other purposes. Um, if you're going to Sweden, it would be easier if you could speak Swedish. Luckily, they understand mm -hmm. English, um, but it's not their first language. If you yeah. go to Belgium, you have to figure out where you are. So you have to use a different language exactly. enabled to like take the train and get into that compu computational thinking of how can I buy a ticket how does that work? Where, when is the train? Where is the train leaving? And those are all the steps and the structure that you, you get in. Um, and, and that's what you need. So looking at the different coding languages and, and knowing their, their purposes will help you find their needs and, and the design for it, I think. And I think that's a great point uh, to, to kind of finish up with from my point of view. Um, Johan, have you got anything else you want to say? We'd, we'd sort of spoken about your, your process and as someone who's used those different languages. Have you got anything you want to add to that? No, I think uh, Kurt put it really, what do you say, really well. Clearly. Yeah, Clearly, yeah, yeah, exactly. What's your experience, Martin? My coding experience is um, I started off in BASIC um, and then I moved from BASIC to Object. Well, it was Visual BASIC and then C++ and then Objective-C um, was there. But um, mm. because I've been doing some work with um, shortcuts, ding, um, the, you can actually <laughs> do a lot with um, JavaScript yep. and shortcuts. So okay. a lot of the, you can actually code JavaScript and turn JavaScript into actions within shortcuts. So I've been doing a bit with, and there's a few good apps. There's an app called um, Scriptable, um, which ties in with shortcuts. And there's another one called JSON, mm -hmm. um, which just actually deals with JavaScript and, and those types of things and, and sort of looks at it. So that's my kind of experience side of things. I've never delved into app development, the, the type of things I always, I um, my coding experience was for mathematical projectiles um, uh, because my, my degree was joint mathematics and computa uh, computer science. Mm -hmm. So it was all applied maths and how I could actually use code to, um, I was thinking about going into air traffic control or, or to NASA at one point, um, but I never. See, and those are things that are important, yeah, that we can do as teachers, even if you don't consider yourself to be a developer or not strong in code is where can you find those links to things that are happening in, in the world around you and, and making them tangible. Um, Cause it's the same struggle that kids have with, with mathematics. I mean, that was my struggle. I couldn't see where people were using it yet. It's being used everywhere, yeah. but I didn't have a teacher who pointed that out to me. So then you lose interest mm. in it. So I think that's the challenge for coding is that like you said, Martin, it's not just to make an app. Um, an app is, is the one we go to first because that's the it's obvious the most one. Obvious. It's but... the most visual one that people can identify quickly. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But 
I, I think a lot of people forget that because there's things like WordPress and Squarespace and all of these places that they can actually build um, websites without any coding experience, a lot of websites are still built on code. A lot of websites are still built using JavaScript and HTML. Um, and, and you forget that you actually look at those things every day and not realizing that those need, I think a lot of kids nowadays take websites for granted that they just appear that they're just there and not realizing the, the amount of effort and things that go into them mm. mm -hmm. yeah probably because everyone can code but not everyone wants to. exactly exactly um yeah uh, matt have you got anything you want to finish off with there no, I only, I only got a C minus, so I'm still trying to get a C plus. I used to, well, it was C plus plus I got, so it was yes, yeah, YouTube. The second plus was for effort, though. Second, uh, that was it. Yeah, it was because uh, <laughs> I bribed the teacher. You can you can upgrade through YouTube. Excellent. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Okay, as I say, I'm going to put the recap for the three um, the three wakelets for the three shows, uh, the three chats that we missed. Um, and um, yeah, they'll be there. Right. Time for another break. If you're wanting to uh, go and pause, now's the time to do it. But Kurt, in five, you'll be back doing the America's chat. Welcome back from your break. I hope you stretched your legs, got yourself a drink. Ice cream. Um, sit back comfortable now, and I hope that you're, or ice cream indeed, <laughs> uh, and hope you're ready for the, uh, the America's part where we are going to do a show and tell showcasing student creation. Now, I do recommend um, having a look at the hashtag Apple EDU chat to see um, all the work that came out of it. But I'm going to ask you guys a question, and then we're going to celebrate kindness um, and we'll see where that one goes with four guys who are always very witty at each other. Um, <laughs> the chats were hosted by Kristen Brooks and Ian McKenzie and Andy uh, Leiser and Autumn Zeminski. And the tweets that I picked out, guys, um, one was um, from Liz Colton, who is at Colton Science. And she said, I just come back from the ADE Institute this past summer and I shared with my colleagues um, and I talked about um, staying on my Apple mountain. Um, the next Monday, I came into a huge mountain she uh, made outside my classroom to remind me of my goal. And um, on the picture, you can see a mountain that says inspire, innovate, create and explore all the way on the top, um, inviting their colleagues to join um, on that journey and, and look above and beyond. Nice. And then the next one came from um, at Jess Garrigan, which is Jessica Garrigan. And that one was uh, learning is all about creativity. When we make something we want and need in capitals to share it, our kids need it. They need to know they matter. They need to learn and grow in ways we cannot even imagine. We owe it to them to empower them to create. A very strong message, I think, um, that came out of that chat. And to dive into that creativity, guys, I know you are always very creative too. I mean, pointed me out, but I've seen you guys do a lot of things. Um, so I would want to know what you've seen teachers, future teachers, students do um, in your classroom this year that you said, that's my favorite creation. And then combined with that, what was the preferred method of sharing that? So I'm combining two questions here of what's the favorite creation that you've seen and um, what's the preferred way of sharing those digital creations, be it audio, video, drawings, uh, music? 
So I mentioned one. Anyone? So I mentioned yeah. one before. Yeah. Obviously, the the student that that took the idea and then created the Makey Makey Interactive um, through Twitter. I thought that was that was great. Um, and, and I I will always get my students to share what they do in their in their sessions because I think again they need to realize that they're pushing the bar quite a lot of the time with with what they're doing as trainee teachers and do you share that in a in a small group first before you throw it on no they share it themselves so it's their ownership of it i will retweet it um because Mm -hmm. i'm you know i have more followers than they have so hopefully it goes further afield and obviously you guys follow me so so you guys will see it but but they they will share what they feel they've learned and you know, it's it's rewarding for me. I'll be honest to to see that they've gone away from a session and and tried something new out and and developed something. And I think for me, the the real test is when they go out on placement now after Christmas. Do they get a chance to actually do it in the classroom? Because I know that they're all coming up with some fantastic ideas, but I worry that they're going to be limited by the, the placement they're in and the pressures of being observed and all of that. So it, at least I know that they're starting to create these things for themselves. Uh, and, and mm-hmm. be brave enough to share it out and know that they are doing stuff which is which is relevant in the classroom today and it's not you know that niche kind of idea of let's do a bit of creativity um i think they're realizing now that this is this is the way forward and this is what their students need to be doing as well and you know hopefully they're brave enough to have a go at doing it nice i've got two follow-up questions and any any one of you want to reply to that is um one do you think that once you publish that first bit online um, that you're over the threshold and that you're now ready to start sharing more. And two, if you get feedback on it, do you think the quality of your work will, um, will climb and you will get better at it because like people giving you feedback and, and, and maybe mattering to you? I think yes and yes. Definitely. I think- I think yeah. hugely that there is always that fear that you're not relevant. So why would I share it to anybody else? And I think once mm-hmm. you then get those comments back to say, oh, I love this. Could could you share it with me? I know one of my students um, did something recently and had a, a tweet from, I think, someone in America um, saying, oh, this is mm-hmm. fantastic. Do you mind sharing me how you did it? And I think it was something we did in Keynote. Um, and that was just nice to see that interaction then because my student had tweeted me to say, went home tonight and had a go at doing such and such. And here's my first effort. And then it was a, someone from America who obviously she, she doesn't connect with. It was only because I retweeted it saying, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Could you please DM me a copy of what you've done? And and you you can almost imagine that student's kind of sense of pride to think oh, I've done something that not only someone else has liked, but someone else wants because they would like to use it. Yeah. And as a, as a future teacher, I think that's a huge kind of, um, you know, mentoring process. I think for them to realize that what they what they do matters. How do you think, guys, that we could help as um, people who do professional learning, or or just as a as a colleague um, who is active on on social media, that we can warm other colleagues up in schools to get out there and 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 make them known that what you do matters in your classroom. Like, how would you approach that? So what I do from from my point of view as someone who's been, you know, over the past few couple of months um, sort of increasing the amount of time I've been doing some professional learning sessions with staff is the first thing that I do is I start to share examples from 
people like yourself. So I'll put them out there and I'll say, listen, this is these are the type of things that can happen. If you take a look at some of these examples, these are all shared by educators who are wanting to show what's possible, not showing off. They're not doing it for likes. They're not doing it for retweets. They're not mm -hmm. doing it. If they get feedback, they're taking that feedback on board. People aren't doing this so that they can be the best. If if anything, it's the exact opposite. It's because they don't think they're the best, but they're wanting to show people what they've done so that people can, you know, maybe get inspiration or get ideas from it. Um, that's number one. Number two is obviously making sure that they're fully aware that sharing these things online is by no means um, essential. It is by no means necessary. But if they do, the benefits of doing that will start to speak for themselves. And I've known a couple of teachers who have have um, looked at things online and suddenly become addicted. Um, there's there's one teacher in Glasgow just now. Um, she's one of the the sort of the what they call the digital leaders of learning. They're called DLOs um, within Glasgow City Council. And she got shown a couple of things with clips. She got shown Apple EDU chat, and she has become addicted to just sharing clips, videos of anything that is going on. She is just, she is a, a, a an oversharer when it comes to clips. But the, the enthusiasm that she has for showcasing the work that is happening within class, showcasing the work that her pupils are doing using technology, showcasing the engagement that they have. And as a as someone who works with these teachers and, you know, for lack of a better term, mentors them in, in the way that they can do things, retweeting, doing what Matt was saying, he retweets his students, he shares them, to give them as wide a reach as possible, to show them that social media which in a lot of ways, certainly with the way that it's happening just now, social media is a force for, you know, things that are not so good. I actually show them that social media can be a force for excellence, can be a force for community, can be a force for people that you might not ever meet face to face, but will always give you encouragement and help you move on. I think that's my that's my definite angle there, Mark, because what I want our students to know is, and, and you know what it's like as a teacher, sometimes you live in that little bubble of your classroom. And mm -hmm. um, and I think by what I try to do is amplify how great my students are, um, but but to get them to then connect with people broader than just in their school or even just in their local community, I think we can learn so much from each other, you know, breaking down barriers, breaking down languages, just seeing what other people are doing and just realize, you know, at the end of the day, learning is learning, you know, regardless of what country you're in or, or anything like that. And I think the more we open up to that global kind of approach to doing things and, and forget we're not teaching curriculum, we're not, te I'm not teaching a Welsh curriculum and, and you don't teach a Scottish curriculum, we're teaching children. Yeah. And I think when, when you share that amongst people, they forget this kind of constraint of yeah but the curriculum says i have to do this and then they realize what learning should be about and yes they still have to kind of meet the needs of a curriculum but when you amplify their things out and and they realize that you know a teacher in america wants to take what i'm doing in wales well then it is transferable and it isn't yeah. about just fulfilling someone's small small need you know in their in their local area it's about doing something which is much bigger than that Last question before we move on to the to the uh, next questions on on kindness is um, how can we help a teacher who's still reluctant or scared to sign up because of privacy reasons or or I just don't want to have a social media account but you see greatness happening in that classroom um, what could what steps could we undertake to still get that out there? 
Why don't you take this one, Johan? <laughs> I mean, I would do. I usually do the same thing uh, as Martin does. Uh, lead by example, where you you can be very very clear and show some of the even Facebook accounts or a Twitter account that professionals have, and they are clearly only using it for a certain angle or for cer- certain things. So, for example, I'm not very pri- I'm not very private in my social media. I never use it as almost never uh, privately. I always do it professionally. And when they see the examples mm-hmm. and they see all the richness of what is in there and uh, how easily they can, they can access um, news and, and ideas and creativity within that space, um, I think that's... Um, that's what what will make them go go there. That's what I think. So, if I listen correctly, um, are you suggesting that they should set up a professional account, either or, or a class account? Yeah. Where if if, if you're teaching elementary students um, who are normally not allowed to have accounts under the age of twelve or thirteen. Um, can get still their voice out and definitely out, and and learn how there are several web pages that teaches you how to film what to film uh, you always want to film if you film someone or take a photo you always want to show what they're doing and not who they are uh, so that's the most important thing i think it's the same as we are being formative uh, assessing formatively uh, then you actually mm-hmm. assess what the the student is doing and that's what you also want to show you're not assessing the student in itself so we, so that's we our... yeah we specifically um teach social media professional social media use in university to yeah. to all of our students for that exact reason you know because we know it's really powerful um we know that potentially in their in their personal lives their private lives they they probably do things on it that that you don't really want them to be sharing in that professional yeah. setting. So, yeah. so we just say, okay, well, let's just, you know, let's just start a professional account and think about how you use it from a professional point of view. Yeah. So you don't trip yourself up down the line and, you know, just, just have two accounts, you know, these days with, with mobile devices, it's very easy to switch between accounts and oh, easily. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. so, so we, we make an actual point of saying before they all do it in their first year within two lectures with me, it, it's a social media responsibility but then we use it say now <laughs> go and have a look at what other people are doing and now it's a resource you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah i like the yeah. idea of oh. a of a classroom a classroom account I I, I I think from a point of view you know like mr coots's class mr anderson's class that type of way it's also a good way for for parents to get engaged with with the learning if they do a search for teacher name class then it means that they're maybe not going to get confused with with someone else's oh am i following this martin coots or is it this martin coots is it martin coots the journalist or it won't be martin coots the jogger but you know it's <laughs> it's you know it's it, it it also allows um external you know external examiners or people who are wanting to see what is happening within the life of the school you know yes we're not saying that you know, inspectors or people who are coming in to look at the school are what drives us. But having that sort of record of this is what learning looks like and this is how we share it with the wider community. This is how we get people engaged. This is how we show the learners what happens outside their classroom. 
no one can say that that's a bad thing. That, and I think that's where having a classroom account really kind of speaks for itself. And I like the way that Matt approaches it. I like the the fact that, you know, at August, September time, I'll get, you know, Miss, <laughs> Miss Smith USW followed you. Mr. Jones USW followed you. I like that, you know, my follower list goes up and I know that Matt's done social media day. <laughs> yeah, I usually get some tweets saying, Matt, you do yeah. social media training. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Hey guys, one thing that's that is important because um, a lot of people always think about the negative parts of social media. But the the one thing I think that can help it is is kindness, and that was the other topic um, that we were talking about, and and being just polite to each other on Twitter. Because Martin, you've been through some negative uh, parts. You've seen both sides of Twitter, yeah. um, but I don't want to focus on that. Um, I mean, the sun's coming through over here, and I just have a rapid question for you guys. Um, Tell me about um, a time in your life when someone's um, kindness has made a difference for you. I'll give you a few uh, seconds to think about it. And Matt, maybe I'll, I'll come to you or, or whoever wants to take on, it first. On social but media, do you mean, or in general? No, in and general. Has, in is general. it something you've seen? Can it be that someone was kind to Could someone you've else seen it. and yeah, you're really have to be too- impressed yes. with it? Just yeah, I kindness. have one. Go ahead, Johan. We were working with, um, you know, traditional stories, like a saga. Do you say it like that in Mm -hmm. English as well, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. And we we were, um, in the end, and they were writing these sagas by themselves. So one girl is going to write a saga that another girl is going to take home. And usually she takes it home and uh, they read together with the parents. So the parents read the saga for the child, <clears throat> more or less. Uh, so they have a really nice, um, you know, moment in the evening before going to bed or something like that. And this girl, um, she made a video, <laughs> a screen recording of her own saga where she was reading in exactly what was written. And I was wondering, why mm-hmm. do you, why do you do that special thing? And uh, then it, turns out that the girl was from a foreign country and her mother couldn't read Swedish. So then the young girl, Mm. we're talking about girls uh, nine years old, the girl knew that. So she knew that the mother could never read the saga. So then she read it and made a video uh, as she was reading instead, instead of voiceover. So, and I thought that was so cool that she thought of that and she was creative and she thought uh, her mother would never be able to read the saga in Swedish. So I'll do it so they can listen to it together in the evening. That I thought That's was a nice really story. cool. Yeah. I've, um, I have that one actually. It's, it harks back to my, my PE days. Um, I always remember teaching, uh, teaching boys football. And for the last few minutes of the session, we, we let them play a game. And, and I will always remember a, a boy who kind of liked football, but wasn't great at football was running down the wing and he was going to cross the ball in. Um, and, and he messed up, you know, you, you can almost imagine it. He went to swing at the ball and missed the ball and fell over and um, got quite a bit of abuse actually from some of the other footballers. But the person that was in the middle waiting for the ball, um, was one of our star footballers. He's now a professional footballer, plays um, in the Premier League and everything. Um, but I just always remember him going over to the boy and I thought he was going to shout to him, right, because he's competitive and he wants to score the goal and everything. And he actually just put his arm around him and said, 
right, next time when you do it, what you need to do is just compose yourself, you know, and gave them coaching tips on what to do differently. Mm-hmm. And I thought of all of the people on that pitch, he, he was the superstar, but he took himself over to help someone else who probably isn't in his friendship groups and all of that. And I just thought that was, mm-hmm. that was just a nice moment and, and something I think you don't see enough of in sport, but I think seeing it in mm-hmm. sport, it, it almost amplifies it. Yeah. Martin, to round it up, do you have one? Yeah, um, I'm going to get a little philosophical with this one, if you don't mind, just given the uh, the time of year that's 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 coming up. Um, mm-hmm. I was uh, very close to my dad. Uh, my dad and I um, were were extremely close, and I knew how generous uh, my dad was. Uh, you know, he was he was a very kind of generous guy. But the 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 time that I really saw that personified was um, when he started, uh, he worked overseas a lot and he'd started doing some work in Turkmenistan and um, there was a family who lived close to the, the the site that he was working on who were quite less fortunate than, than, than what we may have been used to in the past. So when my dad came back home for his, his time at home, um, it it kind of it shook him a little bit. He was he, he just kept thinking about how you know the, the, and there was small children in the in the family as well that they didn't have anything. So my dad took my mum shopping and and for a bit of a bit of time during the during one of the the, the visits home that he had, he he spent time just sort of getting them some 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 toys, you know, some things from Disney, some uh, some action toys for the boy, and took them over and. He, he brought back some some pictures of the of the kids after they got them, and and just to see the look of of joy on the the face of these uh, of these children um, who had never sort of had new toys like this before, just um, just kind of spoke to to what it's what a small gesture can mean to someone in terms of it might not feel like a lot, but what that can actually give to people is, you know, actually showing them that someone cares, actually showing them that there is someone that's, that's, that's willing to help or willing to, to do something generous can, can really make a huge, a huge difference in their lives. Nice. Wonderful stories, guys. And that brings me to, since we're in the kindness and, and I'm getting into the Thanksgiving, uh, (laughs) atmosphere um there's one thing we can do um today to promote kindness and that is to be kind to the guy who's going to bring up the next thing i always love max and i work. hear the chuckles of the kids. <laughs> Matt, so, Matt, go wait max Matt, we need to we need to tell max how good he's done so rude <laughs> matt i'm from my heart really uh really kind <laughs> give us the new give us the new jingle okay here we go There you go. Woo. Nice. I, I, questions with Matt. I'm waiting for I know. That. I, that's the oh, bit I'm always missing at the end. Well. Is that who questions for Matt? Max yeah, that's the yeah. bit that I got the most abuse for in the past from oh. Max. Like, Dad, oh. why do you say it in that weird way all the time? And I just can't. <laughs> Can't find a way to say questions with Matt without it sounding weird. I like because weird. I thought you were leaving us hanging. <laughs> no, I thought there was more. I was waiting for an on. We like you, part. weird. Okay. <laughs> it's time for questions <laughs> with Matt. There we go. Oh, that was the best part. There we go. I'm recording that next time, just sticking it on the Actually, end of Actually, Max was right. <laughs>
Okay, great, guys. Um, it is it is questions with Matt at that, that time when um, we get some audience participation, and we've had a fantastic uh, topical question uh, this week from Terry Cullen. So let's just take a listen to that for a second. So this is Terry Cullen, and I'm an ADE from Oklahoma in the U.S. I teach at the University of Oklahoma, and I teach future teachers. So. Tuesday was so fun because since we have a holiday this week, we didn't have regular class. Instead, I just taught workshops and we taught on a variety of topics, including coding and drawing and also using things like uh, pages and numbers in order to make student guides. But the one that we had a lot of fun with was one where we used resources from uh, Trisha Fugelstad. Uh, her Twitter handle is at Fugelfun. And what she did um, was had a tutorial on how to do a self-portrait using Keynote and then animate it and save it as a movie. Okay, great. So I think, you know, with, with Thanksgiving um, over in America at the moment and obviously the festive season coming up um, everywhere else, um, what are some of the things that teachers and students could make with technology as gifts this year? Um, Kurt, I'm going to start with you on this one because um, I think you, you could probably come up with some fantastic ideas to, to share out. So things that we could do with technology that, that could be a gift for someone else. Um, I've got a, I mean, I've got mm -hmm. a few um, things that I've done uh, last year and that I'm going to probably repeat in, in a little bit of a smaller yeah. amount is the hashtag shape your holiday um, that goes from creating your own cards um, to creating um, music for a music yeah. box, um, listening to people. But the one I, I'm um, looking at right now is that digital version of a scrapbook where you dive into your um, uh, grandparents' uh, boxes of pictures and, and try to get those family stories yeah. and get family around the table. Um, that's been my focus lately because... Yeah. Uh, there's so many people you see on pictures in your family pictures that you don't know are those cousins or, or what's the story yeah, behind yeah. it and what happened at that picture. So combining that with um, the photography that's in um, everyone can create curriculum and maybe just touching those pictures up a little bit, um, turning them into videos, putting some drawings on that and then the right music with it. Um, I think that could bring the family together. Yeah. And, and set it up as a community project. So that's what I would yeah. do um, to highlight it. Maybe even have a, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an old school kind of guy in that way, but a, a printed photo mm -hmm. book with your own drawings and pictures in that, um, that could really touch yeah, really me. Nice. Martin? Yeah, I uh, I kind of like the, uh, the the Christmas card idea. Um, last year, I did that with with uh, pupils at school, where we created an animated Christmas card in Keynote yeah. uh, for the parents that we just then exported as a video and uh, emailed home uh, to the parents. But uh, they had the pupils' voice on it as well. Yeah. I like something just simple, straightforward. I love Kurt's scrapbook idea, though. I think that's I think that's excellent. So, so I think something that brings all of this together and essentially anything that's just ha have a little bit of thought to put behind it is, yeah. is always a good thing. But yeah, the Christmas card is a, is a sort of a, a quick win within class. Perfect. Johan? Yeah, my son is uh, doing a version of, uh, you know, the, the 
Apple commercial that uh, the young kid that seemed very not interested and then he did a, oh, yeah. yeah but he's doing it through uh, choosing the biggest moments in his life the last year putting it together and then we're making a, a, a melody to it and then he's going to narrate uh, his thoughts uh, about that and then we're going to give it to his grandparents that's nice so so that's that's what we do. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Do you know, I'm 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 sat in now and I'm I'm sat in my at my desk and to the right hand side of my desk is a drawing that Max did for me um for Father's Day this year. And it's probably the, the most precious thing that I actually have, and yet it cost next to nothing. It cost a sheet of paper and some colouring pens. And and I think in all of those ideas that you've you've said then it's not the technology is it it's it's the the thought that goes into it Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and you can spend you know he could spend hundreds of pounds on me and and buy me all sorts of fantastic things but actually that picture will always be the most meaningful thing um you know because it it just shows me what he thinks of me um you know he's drawn me basically uh and and little musical thing next to it because I'm his musical god um he hasn't by the way i was just taking a minute um but, <laughs> no, no, and i think it does you're a spinal yeah. tap god no i, I think <laughs> he goes up to 11 what you what you create whether it's a, a drawing on paper or a drawing on an ipad an audio recording a video of what you do i think it's the fact that that there is a connection behind why you've created it and that purpose yeah. to it is is the meaning so, you know, I think my answer to that is I don't think it matters what you create as long as you know why you're creating it for that person. And and it will mean mm-hmm. probably more to them than, than that list of things that they might have thought they wanted. Um, you know, Max, yeah. Max this year is going to make, not to give it away, but I don't think my brother listens to this podcast, but my, but <laughs> Max, Max is going to make him some shortbread um, biscuits and put them in a nice box with a ribbon because... Because he knows that he likes shortbread, and it's it's something deep and meaningful rather than you know a tie or a shirt or you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you want me to send you down a tartan yeah. tin? Because shortbread has to go in a tartan tin. That's one of the rules. Uh, yeah, go on. Then. Okay, right. I, I'm holding right. you to right. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I'm down at my mum's. I'm sure she's got a tartan tin somewhere that she can give me a spin. <laughs> Guys, um. I've done one of those books where you, um, and that's an idea that I want to throw out there because um, we're talking technology and now mixing it. Um, try making one that um, addresses all senses and how can you do that? Like I've, I've made one before um, when I was away from my wife and this is, a, this is a very personal story, but I made a book where um, you, I put sandpaper in so when I'm not around, she could feel how it is to touch my beard. Yeah for instance, yeah. or the, the perfume that I wear is sprayed on some pages. So it's, it's touch, it's feel, it's okay. smell. It's the words that touch your can, heart. Can I so, just, can I just uh, say something that um, Christine will probably, you know, appreciate. 
moisturize if if your beard feels like sand moisturize <laughs> get some get some you know just some just some you know moisturizing cream just rub it into honestly it'll feel better i don't know about how to, if i would deliver a book where some of the pages would be sticking together i think that would go a little bit too far in my enthusiasm uh guys thank you so much um next week obviously we this section will be replaced by beauty tips with martin uh, yeah. So hashtag beauty tips with Martin if you have any questions. Uh, Is that a day and a night cream? I think. <laughs> yeah, I've got, well, I do. I've got my. Yeah, it's. I, I moisturize. I'm, I'm comfortable enough with myself to say that I moisturize. Guys, thank you so much. I think there's some great, great, um, great ideas there, and I think what would be fantastic is if any of the listeners do come up with some ideas that if they tweet the show and um, Martin will tell you exactly how uh, a little bit later, it'd be lovely to showcase. We've talked about kindness and sharing people's successes. It'd be lovely to kind of follow on from this chat then. And, and if people have got some great ideas of what they've, they've created in a digital format, then we'd love to showcase them on our Twitter feed and hopefully talk about some of them maybe in a future chat. But thank you very much. Thanks for that, Matt. Um, brilliant stuff. Guys, we're coming to that time where it's time to, to wrap up the show. Um, now, we're luckily not going to wrap because all four of us <laughs> don't have the same magic, uh, musical uh, talent that Matt does. Kindness. Um, yes, kindness, exactly. We don't have, you know, kindness. that would just be a killer <laughs> to everyone's ears. Don't have kindness you don't or have we don't kindness. have musical talent. <laughs> or we don't have both. <laughs> Our <beautiful. laughs> uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's gone. Kurt, why don't you tell everyone what's uh, going to be coming up on next week's show? If it is next week, let's just say the next show. In the next show, um, which pro- we probably will be able to pull off, so. um, we're going to go and talk about visualizing concepts in numeracy, and that's going to be hosted by Rachel Walker. That's at Mrs. Uh, Walker Teach. And that was the EMEA chat happening on Tuesday, December 3rd at 8 p.m. GMT. The Americas chat starts again after Thanksgiving on December 3rd at 6 p.m. Pacific time, where you have to get ready for an hour of code with Swift Playgrounds hosted by Chris Barnaby. Excellent. Um, And both of those uh, questions or sets of questions are on Apple Teacher Learning Center just now, aren't they? Um, so they are already available. Yeah. So log into Apple Teacher Learning Center and have a look at both chats. So um, if you want to set up for Tuesday, have a look and be prepared. Perfect. Um, Johan, if people are wanting to find us, rate us or review us, how can they do it? Uh, they can find us on Twitter uh, at Last Recap um, for the show. And then they can tweet at us personally. And I'm going to start with you, Martin. Where can you find you? Yeah, you can find me, as Johan says, on Twitter and Instagram if you want. And that's at mcoots, C-O-U-T-T-S, 8181. Perfect. And Matt? Uh, I am Matt6453. Brilliant. And then we have Mr. Kurter. Yes, that's M-E-E-S-T-E-R-K-U-R-T. And you can find me at Anderson underscore E-D-U. And I want to say thank you for downloading this podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us. Listeners' comments and ratings keep us high in the rankings so that new listeners can find us. Be sure to find us at Last Recap on Twitter for more news and podcasts. Over to you, Martin. 
Thanks, uh, Johan. As Matt said during his uh, questions with Matt section, if you're wanting to get in touch with us, um, send us a tweet using the hashtag questions with Matt, and that's with a single T. Um, you can tweet any one of us or the show account at Last Recap. Or if you are wanting to leave a voice message in the same way that Terry did, there will be a link to the Anchor voice message um, site section part that you can use. And it's almost like you're phoning into a radio show. And that's it, guys. That's It's been wonderful sort of talking to you for this, this hour or so. Uh, looking forward to doing it again soon. Thank you. Yeah, same, same, same. Always same. good. It is. It's always good. Uh, everybody, have a great time this week. Um, if you are in America, have a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully it is peaceful, restful, and you have a lot to be thankful for. On that note, let's say goodbye, Mr. Kurt. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Johan. Hey, no poem. Bye, Matt. Bye-bye. And it's a goodbye from me. Have a good week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.